Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Good morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you? Good. A little rain out there today. Oh, but, really? All right. Oh, just a little. Just a little sprinkle. Yeah, nothing. It, it rained about uh, 6 o'clock here. Yeah. A little bit. Not much. Yeah, we got a little nut, yeah. nothing to puddle up. So. Nothing to puddle up? <laughs> Make puddles, you know. Sounds like you're training a Pekingese or something. <laughs> okay, we'll get right into okay. this. So here's a guy that I'm going to bet most people haven't heard of. Uh, his name is Hiram Vasquez. I have okay. never. But uh, kind of an interesting story about this guy. So here it is. It's 1847, and near Fort Bridger, four-year-old High Vasquez and his six-year-old sister, Amilda, were at the fort. And they saw that the post gate was wide open, so they made their escape and headed out to get out of the fort for a while. And they ran across the prairie, just having a good time running through the grass and stuff. And they were about a quarter of a mile from the fort when they heard the pounding of a horse's hoofs. Uh-oh, this doesn't sound good. High looked over his shoulder and saw a Shoshone warrior riding down on them. Mm. Well, uh, here's what he said years later. He said, quote, sister got away. Uh, but then he related the rest of his experience. Uh he said his chubby little four-year-old legs would not carry him fast enough. Suddenly, the Shoshone strong arm scooped up the little boy onto his pony, and Little High and his captor rode away from Fort Bridger up into the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains to the Shoshone camp. Really? And it was not unusual, you know, uh, to uh, capture the white kids, you know. They uh, took the boys back in those days and not the girls so much, didn't they? A lot of times, they? yeah. 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 So Hiram Vasquez was born in St. Louis, Missouri in 1843. His father died when Hiram was a baby, and his mother married a trapper and a trader named Colonel Pierre Louise Vasquez. So that's where he got his last name. How would you like to write your checks out with that name? <laughs> I think you said Colonel Vasquez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so his new stepfather was uh, very experienced in the wilderness and uh, had uh, doings with the Indians and fur traders. In fact, they called him Old Vasquez ah. for whatever reason. So when Hiram was three years old, Colonel Vasquez uh, piled his new family into a covered wagon with a team of oxen and headed across the, or- uh, the Oregon trail to Fort Bridger. Now, when they got to the new fort, he joined his lifelong friend and partner, Jim Bridger. Oh, really? So he was good friends with Jim Bridger. And there they traded with the Indians and the mountain men, and they had a a pretty good business going back and forth there. Mm -hmm. Now, one of Hiram's best friends was Jim Bridger's son, young Felix Bridger. Never heard of him. And I hadn't either. Um, So anyway, Felix Bridger was about the same age, about 
must have been about five or six years old. Well, now, did the Bridger family reside fairly close to that area? Yeah, well, the Bridger, when it was Fort Bridger, yeah, they lived there. Well, I know, but, but Jim Bridger originally came from where? Back oh, east. Oh, gosh, I don't know, Missouri or... Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. You had a story on him once. Yeah. Time. Okay. So, right. anyway, when he was just a little boy, before he got uh, kidnapped, he was friends with Felix Bridger. Well, Colonel Vasquez knew that Indians liked to kidnap white children, and he had warned the kids about going outside the stockade, but High and Amilda wanted to play with the children of the friendly Indians camped by the river in their teepees, children of the French-Canadian trappers who were part of the fort. So they just wanted to go play with these kids that were, uh, you know, uh, the Canadian trappers that were married to Indian women. I see. So, so the Shoshones had often traded their beaver skins and buffalo robes to Colonel Vasquez and Jim Bridger at the new fort. But for some reason, uh, no strange Indians had been seen around the, lo- the stockade uh, on that day when High and Emilda had been out there. So they had no way of knowing that a Shoshone warrior was out there kind of prowling through the area. Well, when the warrior grabbed High, he pulled him up on his pony and took off at a gallop. And, of course, the little kid was terrified, you know, four years old. Oh, you don't yeah. know what's going on. At uh, 40 years of age, wouldn't you be terrified? Even 40, I'd have been scared. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So as the fort faded in the distance, however, the little boy actually began to enjoy this adventure. You're kidding. <laughs> so uh, Now, Amilda, uh, no doubt, went back and told their parents that uh, Hiram had been taken. So at the Shoshone camp, the warrior carried High into the main lodge and stood him before Chief Washakie. And you've heard of him. I have. Uh, the warrior told the Shoshone chief that he had brought the white child as a gift. Now, the Indians loved children, and Chief Washakie showed his pleasure at the warrior's gift. Now, although the chief had a lot of sons and daughters, uh, High was kind of a special child for some reason. And... Uh, he says, uh, he treated me like a daddy. This is what Hiram said. No kidding. He treated him really well. Yeah. So Chief Washakie gave High a buffalo robe to sleep on in his own elk skin lodge, indicating that that would be High's home to, from then on to live with Washakie in his, in his uh, lodge. In the days that followed, High ran free in the camp. Chief Washakie taught the young captive how to shoot a bow and arrow until he became an expert at killing small game. He learned how to make a bow by splicing two buffalo ribs and wrapping them with sinew. For the rest of his life, Hiram hunted with a bow. Oh, no, hang on a second. Okay. How far, supposedly, was the Shoshone camp from Fort Bridger? I don't know, because but it said the uh, Wasatch. So, well, the reason I'm saying that is that the the brave that took the boy had to go a certain distance back to their camp. Why didn't the cavalry or the members of the army not say, hmm, maybe that's where he's at? Yeah, good question. And I guess maybe not even knowing if he was dead or alive. Or what, they didn't know if it was a Shoshone Indian or a Blackfeet. or So they didn't know what uh, tribe had taken the boy. So they wouldn't really have known where to go. So, but you know, the seasons passed and he forgot what little he remembered of his mom and his dad and his sister, Amilda. He kind of forgot that. Uh, Chief Washakie refused him permission to accompany other Shoshones when they went to the trading post. 
because he was afraid he'd be recognized as a white child. Okay, so High was kind of jealous. He wanted to see where the bright beads, the knives, and the other things came from. But uh, Chief Washakie told him, he says, there's danger. The white people will kill you. Don't go near them. So he didn't kinda, he realize he was white? You know, he knew he was different, but, you know, he was taken at four years old, so still not very old. Well, his stepfather, Colonel Vasquez, saw uh, an opportunity, so he uh, actually opened a store in what later became Salt Lake City, and that would actually be a move that would later play a part in his discovery, in High's discovery. So one day when High was nine years old, the Shoshone camp uh, looked down on the Great Salt Lake. They were going to go down and, and do some trading. So he watched the Shoshones prepare to go into town the next day to trade their furs and their blankets for supplies. And he decided he was going to go alone and at night to go down into Salt Lake, Salt hmm. Lake City. Okay. So he waited until things were quiet and the campfire was kind of down and he gathered up his buffalo robe and his bow and quiver of arrows over his shoulder and he... Uh, crept real quietly down between the lodges and anyway he got down there uh, into Salt Lake now picture this he's wearing a breech cloth leggings decorated deerskin shirt and but here he is he's blonde he's blue-eyed a Shoshone boy uh, who rode down the mountain into Salt Lake City really? so he looks different uh, even though he is you know probably pretty dark-skinned yeah so he says, I went to a corral and found a place to just kind of double up in a corner and go to sleep. Well, he couldn't speak English, and when he woke up the next morning to the sound of women's voices, well, he slipped out of the corral and walked around the town. And a man spotted the young Indian boy looking in his door and, using hand gestures, invited him in, and he fed him some bread and meat and began asking him questions. I have a question about the speaking. He... he yeah, but wait a minute. He was four years of age. Okay, by now he's nine. Okay, but he still had a semblance of the English language but when he was much. four years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he forgot that? Well, you know, by you know five years, he's speaking Shoshone. So he probably didn't remember much, you know, at four years old. But anyway, the man realized that this was, that he was really white, and the man sent for an old mountain man who lived nearby, knowing he'd be able to interpret the boy's language. The trapper discovered that High was from Chief Washakie's Shoshone Band, and suddenly he remembered that old Vasquez, his, his stepfather, over at Fort Bridger, had a son who had disappeared five years ago. Oh, my. So, when the trapper spoke the name of Vasquez, High remembered the little boy remembered. He remembered that name. that name, so he and he patted his chest, indicating that Vasquez was his name. So he he did have that memory. Well, so knowing that a Shoshone trading party was approaching the settlement, uh, they told High to stay indoors in case the Shoshones saw him and wanted to you know take him back. But they prepared him to reunite with his family at Fort Bridger. And High said, quote, I strongly objected when they wanted to cut my hair. He had long hair, which, you know, that's what they did. Uh, and Shoshone Braves always wore braids, and only the women cut their hair. So to cut his hair made him feel like a girl. He, he just didn't feel right. 
Well, they deloused him and put him in a tub of hot water. And finally, when it was safe to travel uh, uh, the trail to Fort Bridger, the old trapper took high home to his parents. All by himself? Well, with this trapper. Uh, the trapper. No, no, no. I mean, but the trapper was the only one that took him back. Yeah, uh-huh. back to Fort Bridger. It's funny that the young boy didn't. Well, how old was he then? Well, he's nine years old now. Okay. So now he knows that he's got family up at Fort Bridger. So anyway, his family welcomed him with tears of joy. Uh, he faintly remembered his sister, Amilda. But Amilda, kind of an interesting thing, after Hiram had disappeared, Mrs. Vasquez, High's mom, she was afraid the Indians might also take her, and so she enrolled her in the Marcus Whitman Mission School in Washington Territory. She sent Amilda with Jim Peck's wagon train to Oregon, and they never heard another word from the wagon train or Amilda. So, so the little girl was maybe lost in a massacre or something? Yeah. I mean, they don't know. They, they have no idea? No idea what happened to the wagon train or the little girl. So It disappeared? Well, probably was attacked. I mean, that's got to be the most logical, right? So, unfortunately, the mother, in trying to save her daughter, really probably lost Oh, my daughter. goodness. So... Anyway, High discovered he had some new siblings who were strangers to him, and none of them spoke Shoshone. Well, Felix Bridger, his half-blood friend, and Felix's father, Jim Bridger, were the only people he could talk to. They they knew the language. Wow. So his old buddy, Felix, was there to welcome Did him Did he recognize his old friend? I... He must have done, because oh. they, they talked like they were reunited. Wow. So for the next few months, Jim Bridger acted as High's interpreter. Uh, although Bridger couldn't read or write English, he spoke Spanish fluently and was well-versed in various Indian dialects. So Jim Bridger, uh, he could speak a number of different uh, Indian languages. Mm-hmm. Well, Heimer's mother could hardly believe that her boy couldn't understand a word she said. She spent the next year teaching him to read and write English. He also learned to speak Spanish fluently, which I thought was interesting. But, yeah. but the next few years, High often visited the Shoshone camp at Chief Washakie's request. Wait a minute. Now, this is, this is really interesting. He went back to where he had been held captive, yep. basically, and they let him go back and forth? Well, here's the reason. Because the chief knew that High was the stepson of his longtime friend, Colonel Vasquez, old Haskus. They were friends. Wow. So Washakie had his friend's stepson as a captain. No, I'm confused. Did Washakie know when the boy was abducted the first time? No. Ah. No. So it wasn't until later. And so High could go into the camp and say, hey, you know, my stepdad is Colonel Vasquez, old Vasquez. Wow. And so after he would stay for a few days, Chief Washakie let High go back to Fort Bridger. No problem. So they developed really a pretty good relationship. So Hmm. with his kind of adopted family. So in 1855, when Hiram was 12, Colonel Vasquez took his family back to St. Louis, and he says, we went to the Platte route. Uh, He said, the buffalo were around us for 14 days. There were millions of them, and the family lived in St. Louis uh, until Hiram was a young man. When the Civil War started, he again headed west. Um, He left Missouri partly because he didn't want to take up arms against uh, friends that he had on both sides of the conflict. 
And he also, he wanted to go west. His blood was, you know, yeah. out here in the yeah. west. So Hiram and Felix Bridger signed up as water carriers on a wagon train. Um, and on a 40-mile leg, Hiram uh, passed what is today Walsenburg, Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Walsenburg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he stopped to water his mule as he crossed the, I'm not how to say this, the Kachara River, which was the last water for many miles. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, he started to cross this plateau between the Arkansas and Purgatory Rivers, another 40 miles. And he rode at a steady, steady pace until dawn. Only 60 more miles to go all the way. Hiram could think only of his friends back at the fort. Uh, so he, he's, he's a young man now. Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of on his own. Anyway, he was riding his faithful little mule without stopping to eat or sleep. By 9 a.m., he was off the plateau and headed into the Arkansas Valley. He had 40 miles to go, traveling at 6 miles an hour. And here he is. He's riding beneath a blazing sun during the middle of the day. And finally, at 3 p.m., Tired, hungry, uh, thirsty. He saw a, a faint outlaw on, outlaw on the horizon, and he got to Fort Lyon, five miles away. He was tired. He rode on, and anyway, he, he actually had quite an amazing ride by himself over miles and miles of dry, dusty desert. But uh, he actually was going there because he he was going to Fort Francisco to tell the colonel that there was trouble going on, and so the colonel could send troops uh, to help with trouble that was going on. Where was this? Uh, He got to Fort Lyon, and I'm not sure where that's at. And then Fort Francisco, it sounds like, is it on the coast in in California? I think so, yeah. Um, Anyway, they had some trouble with some of the Indians over there, and so he was able to warn them, and uh, they were able to avert a disaster. Wow. So, anyway, he lived the rest of his life around the Kachura Valley, finally settling in a place called La Vita. Mm-hmm. And he married three times. He raised 13 children, and he died June 7th at 19, at, in 1939 at the age of 93. Oh, my. And today, people in the valley call him the Patriarch of La Vita, a man to be remembered. Wow. So let me show you a picture of him. Yeah, let me see that. Of course, this is... No, this is the, this is the guy right there that was uh, taken that, captive. That he was captive, yeah. Boy, kind of a sinister-looking left eye, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it makes you wonder if he Whoa. might have had a battle or two. I mean... And here's a picture of his stepdad, uh, Colonel... Vasquez. That was his stepdad. Yeah. Okay. Trapper, guide, uh, good friends with uh, Jim Bridger. Uh huh. Um, and here's a picture of Fort Bridger in okay. 1849. 1849. Yeah. So there's a stockade around it. There was a stockade around there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's interesting, uh, all these stories of the Old West, and a lot of times uh, I've found through some research that they called these places forts, but basically all they were were like log cabins. Right. In fact, 
it was almost the exception to have a stockade around a lot of these. Really? Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were just like you said. They were uh, cabins, but they were well protected because the Indians were concerned about that they had a pretty good supply of troops, you know, military presence at these uh, forts. Yeah. So they, they really didn't attack him, even if there wasn't a stockade. Really? Yeah. So. That's interesting. And he died in 1939. 39. Yeah. He was Holy born in 1847. God. You know, so what did I say? He was like Almost, uh, yeah. 93. 93 so years old. Think of what he saw in his lifetime from, did, from crossing did, the plains. I know, but did historians really record and write down a lot of his experiences? Okay, this was uh, written... This is out of the 1995 um, uh, Old West magazine. I see. And so this was a uh, an interview that was done by a gal by the name of Ruth Lanza, who uh, interviewed him and got his actual story. Wow, you did it again. I'm infatuated with that story. I like that one. Yeah, and I'm the thing I like is that he be, he adopted right into the tribe and was accepted. And Washiki loved the boy. Yeah, took care of him. But he's got an evil eye. <laughs> he, he's got a weird looking eye. <laughs> he does. Yeah.